Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Let's open in prayer. Nearly Father God, we thank you, God, for today, Lord, for this time of worship, God. We just pray, Lord, as we open your word, Lord, that it may come alive, God, that we may see your truths, Lord, and that you can speak to us. Lord, we thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. Now, what if I told you that next week we're having a special speaker? Now, we're not. This is just hypothetical. But what if we're having a special speaker and he's a, a recent convert to Jesus Christ? But prior to that, he was in an organization that opposed Christianity at every turn. Uh, he committed very violent acts against Christians. Uh, you would probably be a little apprehensive about that. But that's exactly how the early church felt about the Apostle Paul. Because Paul did all of those things. Paul was a member of the Sanhedrin that on every chance they got, they came against Christ. Uh, Paul was one to persecute Christians. He was one to arrest Christians. He was at the murder of Christians. Paul did terrible things in his life. Uh, but then he came to Jesus. And his life changed. He became one of the great missionaries. And not only that, but he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul illustrates how people can change. But I think more than that, Paul also illustrates how not to beat yourself up over what's happened in the past. Oh, people do that, don't we? We do that all the time, don't we? We beat ourselves up over things that happened in the past all the time. Paul didn't carry these things with him. He changed. But one thing Paul did was, it's very important, was he condemned what he did in the past. Paul took responsibility for what he did in the past. Boy, we live in a society now that doesn't take responsibility for much, do they? Well, we see it all the time. It's always someone else's fault. It's never a person saying, you know what? Yeah, that was my fault that I did that. Well, we see that all the time in our society. But Paul says, I, I take responsibility for everything that I did in the past. Uh, but not only that, Paul, Paul didn't keep the door open either to evil. I see a lot of times in life that people keep the door open to evil. They... They say, well, you know, I, I really want to change, but yeah, you know, I still, I still hang out with some of the friends that used to get me in all that trouble or, or in that relationship that I got out of. Ah, you know, I still talk to them every now and then. Get away from evil. Don't keep the door open to evil. Uh, Paul didn't hang out with his Sanhedrin buddies once he came to Christ. He changed. He changed. He took responsibility for his actions. Oh, Paul's behavior was bad. Paul did a lot of bad things. You, you think you've done bad things in your life? No one in here has done the things that Paul did. Let's look at what Paul's up to in Acts chapter 9. Now, you, you'll see here that uh, it refers to him as Saul. 
Paul's original name was Saul, but once he converted to Christ, he actually changed his name to Paul because he had done so many bad things that he tried to take a, 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 a new name. And so we see here in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So Paul is actually headed to Damascus under the authority of the high priest. And anyone he finds that's a Christian, he's going to arrest them. He's going to arrest them. He's going to throw them in jail. So th this is what Paul at the, at the time being saw. This is what he's up to. This is where he's going. This is where he's headed. You know, now Paul, as we read all of these things, he could easily have beat himself up over those past decisions. Boy, people beat themselves up all the time over past decisions. A lot of times people blame the past for their present situations. People say, well, you know, my life would be so different if I had made this decision. My life would be so different if I hadn't done that. Well, maybe. Maybe it would be, but... Maybe not. We don't know in our lives the decisions we make where they're going to lead us. There's so many variables. There's so many things in our lives. So many people think, well, if I had just changed that one thing. But you know what? Maybe that one thing was what changed you. Maybe that one thing changed the trajectory of your entire life. And maybe that one thing was the thing that you needed to get you on the right track. And if it had never happened, you would have continued going down that road and it would have been even worse. So we can always sit here and give the what ifs. Oh, what if I'd have done this? What if I would have done that? But really the what ifs are a waste of time because that's the past. You know, we don't make decisions on those things. All of our decision power is right now in the present. It's not 10 years. It's not 20 years ago. Our decision-making power is right now. Past decisions are sunk cost. If you ever took a business course, you know what a sunk cost is. It's money that's already been spent on something and can never be recovered. You know, I was talking to somebody uh, recently, and they had an old junk car. And they said, I want to sell this car, but I don't know what I can get for it. And so I, I looked it up. We were talking and everything. I said, well, I, I tell you, this is about all you're going to get for that car. And he said to me, he says, there's no way I could ever take that amount because I have put so much money into this car. I got to get more out of it. And I said, well, that's a sunk cost. You can't make a decision on that. That's already gone. I said, just imagine this. Imagine if you put the finest Italian leather seats in this car. And you went to sell it, and it cost you whatever, 10000 but it cost you more than that. But $10,000 uh, to put those leather seats in, would you ever get that money back? No. Not out of this car, you wouldn't. It's a sunk cost. But so many times we make decisions on things that are already done and over with in the past. They're a sunk cost. And they affect our future because we're making decisions based on the past. Those poor decisions of the past really direct our future decision-making. And we make the same decisions over and over and over again. Our decision-making power is today. Uh, Paul knew this, and Paul understood that uh, he couldn't change what has happened in the past, but he knew one thing. The things that happened in the past prepared him 
for his future. You know, when we think about that, the Bible was written by people under the inspiration of God. But when we look at the different books in the Bible, we see people's personalities. We see people's, uh, what people have a passion or a desire for, their education or whatever. We see those things come through. And when you think of that, from a human perspective, there's only one person out of all the disciples and apostles and followers of Christ at that time who could have written the book of Romans. And that was Paul. And the reason he could have written the book of Romans, because the book of Romans is a theological book. It's a, it's a theological masterpiece because it talks about how that the, and Paul understood this with his training. Uh, he understood the Old Testament. He understood that model of the sacrifices. He understood what it meant for the high priest to sacrifice for the people. But he writes this beautiful book of Romans that explains that Jesus is the sacrifice now for sin. And through him, we have salvation. Well, the only one that could have understood that and knew the Old Testament enough to write a book like that was Paul because of his past. Maybe those difficult things that you've went through, maybe those things have trained you for the future, have trained you moving on to help you and to give you what you need to the next step in life. Oh, you know, those past regrets, they, they can do two things to us. They can haunt us or they can motivate us. You think of Judas Iscariot when he betrayed Christ and the short amount of time that he had left on this earth, it haunted him. He couldn't come to terms with it. It haunted him to the place where he took his own life. But Paul, all the things that Paul did, the bad things, he used that to motivate him. Uh, Paul said, oh, I know I, I may not have a lot of time left on this earth, but the time I do, I'm going to do everything I can for Christ. They motivated him to do great things for Christ. Difficult things truly make us stronger. You know, if you ever watch special forces training, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Delta Force, if you ever watch their training, it's unbelievable what these men do. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's superhuman. Not only from a physical standpoint, uh, but when you think about the intellectual side of it, uh, these are really smart people. I mean, they memorize, they a lot of times will memorize all this thing. They know several languages, but their training is incredibly difficult. But because their training is incredibly difficult, it allows them to do great things. It allows them to do things that most humans couldn't even imagine doing because their training is so hard. If you're going through a difficult time now and you think, boy, I've never had something so difficult. I've never had something so challenging. I just want to encourage you, just keep going because that challenge, that difficulty, it's making you stronger. It's giving you an inner strength that you never knew you had. And it's preparing you for the next challenge and the next challenge. And every time it's going to make you stronger. And if there's a hope to it, understand, hey, this is making me tougher. This is making me stronger. Just like those, those special forces, it's going to allow me to do great things in the future. I just have to get through it. You know, we also beat ourselves up over comparisons to others, don't we? Boy, we live in a world of comparisons. Paul lived in a world of comparisons. And the religious leaders were always comparing uh, themselves 
Uh, every, all of them thought they were perfect, and they were always comparing who was more perfect than the other. And you see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In, in verse 12, it says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. It's not wise to do this. It's not wise to sit there and compare ourselves to other people. I had a, a friend, uh, him and his wife were also runners and we were talking one time and uh, she said to us, she said, you know, I've got a friend that I, I run races with and I can never beat her. And she got angry about it. She says, I just want to beat this girl. I got to beat her in a race. And I'm all about competition. I think that's great. Uh, but I said something I probably shouldn't. Anybody else have that problem in here? Every man should raise their hand. <laughs> we say things we shouldn't sometimes. And I said something I shouldn't. I said, you ought to thank her. And, oh, she let me have She said, thank her? What are you, crazy? Why would I thank her? I said, you should thank her because I said she's making you a better runner. I said, because every race you're in that she's running, you're going to run harder than you ever would run because you want to beat her. And you're running better times and you're running better than you ever would have if she wasn't there. You got to thank her. You know, sometimes we compare ourselves to others. Uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, that's so true, isn't it? We compare ourselves. We think, if I just had what they had, oh, oh, if I just had their abilities, but guess what? You're also going to get their struggles. You're also going to get their insecurities. You're also going to get, get, get their challenges. You're going to get all the bad things as well as the good. Sometimes we think and we look on people and we think they're just perfect. We look on social media. Everybody now is a social media influencer. And it's amazing when you look at that. I, I, I listen to a lot of different people and I'm always amazed at someone who is 21 years old who's figured everything else, everything about life, they figured out already at 21. That's an that's a amazing accomplishment. And they will tell you how everything should be, whether it's financial, whether it's health, they, everything, how to fix your hair, how to fix your car, it doesn't matter. They know how to do it. And, you know, sometimes people look at that and they think that that's reality. They think, oh, that person's got it all figured out. But let me tell you what, social media is an illusion. It's like going to the, the, the fair. Remember at the fair, those mirrors that would show you you're either seven foot tall or seven foot wide. And you looked at those mirrors and you're like, that isn't me. Well, that's what social media a lot of times and these people portray. They portray something in the mirror that's just an illusion. It's not reality. It's not real. We all have in our lives good things that happen. Well, we have bad things that happen. Some people portray everything is perfect, everything is good. That's not real. Other people portray everything is bad. You ask them how things are going, everything is bad. That's not reality either. Reality is somewhere in the middle. There's good things that happen in our lives and there's bad things that happen in our lives. You know, when I was growing up, my generation, girls would play with Barbie dolls. And you would see a group of girls playing with Barbies and everything was perfect. The Barbie house was perfect and Barbie's hair was perfect and the furniture was perfect. Everything was just perfect, wasn't it? And then us boys, we played with G.I. Joe's. 
And if you've seen a group of boys playing with G.I. Joes, it was utter chaos. There were figures flying and things crashing in and pieces flying off. Where would that happen to that piece? I have no idea. But neither is reality. The Barbie perfect world is not reality, and the G.I. Joe chaotic world is not reality. Reality is somewhere in the middle. Life is filled with ups and downs. Life is filled with those things. And we can't compare ourselves to people that we think are perfect because that's just not reality. Remember, God has given each of you a gift. He's given you special gifts that you can use. Use those gifts. Use those gifts for him. Use those gifts to help yourself. Use those gifts to help others. Use those gifts and don't, don't be sitting there comparing and saying, oh, I wish I had this, I wish I had that because you know the gift you have, maybe that person's looking over saying, oh, I wish I had that. Use the gifts that God has given. You know, sometimes we also beat ourselves up over uncontrollable things that we think that we're the cause of. In verse 3 of our story here, Paul, we see him heading to Damascus, but something happens along the way, something out of Paul's control. It says in verse 3, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go to the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth. And when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. So Paul here traveling on the road to arrest Christians, he meets the Savior. Jesus appears to him in a light, and it changed Paul's life. That moment changed his life forever. The day he met the Savior changed his life forever. He was going to persecute Jesus, but he ended up meeting him. And it blinded him. And so they lead him back to this house in Damascus and he's in this house and he's blind and he's so troubled he's not eating, he's not drinking, he's not doing anything. God tells him, he says, I want you to go there and wait. And, and so Paul's just waiting for what's going to happen next. Now, this was out of Paul's control. Granted, Christ was trying to get his attention, but it was totally out of his control. Paul could do nothing at this point. He had no power, he had no control of this situation at all. He just had to sit and wait. There are things that happen in our lives that we blame ourselves for. Maybe things that's happened in the past. And we blame ourselves for. But they were totally out of our control. We had no control over them. But yet we, we think in some way that we did have a control over them. And we blame ourselves for them. And, and you know, when we think about it, most things in life we don't have control over. We live in our world sometimes with tunnel vision, and we think we can control this or that. But the truth of the matter is we can't. Uh, we think that we can control things that are out of our control, but there's a bigger picture. There's so many variables. There's so many other things that go on in life. Oh, we take responsibilities for those things. But I want to tell you today, 
Those things that you blame yourself for that were out of your control, stop blaming yourself for. You couldn't control them. You couldn't have made a different decision. They're out of your control. We can't control them. So Paul is staying at home, blinded, waiting for what's going to happen next. And in verse 17, we see the prophet Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou cometh, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forwith and arose and was baptized. And when he received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in Damascus. And straightway he went, he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, is, this, is not this he that destroyed them which calleth on the name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt in Damascus proving that this is the very Christ. You know, I'm sure that Ananias, when he got the call to go see Paul, wasn't real enthused. He was probably a little fearful about it. But when he went and Paul was healed, Paul became a new person. And he immediately started to tell whoever would listen that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. He began to tell people that. He began to go to the synagogue. And people were astounded by this. This is Paul. He came here to persecute Christians. He came here to arrest Christians. He was at the murder of Christians. Now he is saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's proof that when you meet the Savior, your life can change forever. Paul believed. Paul understood that his strength, his ability to change, it was in one thing. It was in Jesus Christ. At our best, we're weak. It tells us this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 6. It says, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we do all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You know, we are nothing when you think about it. And you say, well, wait a second, you're talking about, the message is stop beating yourself up. That sounds like you're beating yourself up. But the truth is we are nothing on our own. But with Jesus Christ, we can do all things, can't we? See, he's the key. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can't do anything on my own, but with Christ, I can do great things. And that's how we have to see ourselves. We have to see ourselves not as who we were, but we have to see ourselves as Christ sees us. You have great value to Christ. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what decisions you've made, you have such value to Jesus Christ. He sees you as his child. He sees you as someone who is, has potential to do great things, but only through him. Amen. We have to understand that in our life. See, Satan wants us to believe the opposite. Satan wants us to believe that 
the things we have done in our past disqualify us from forgiveness. They disqualify us from serving God. Oh, you know, you, you really can't do that. You really, you think God's going to forgive you? That lie has been told, but it's the biggest lie ever. If you think about it, even great people made great mistakes. King David was a murderer. He had an affair. Uh, Paul persecuted and was at the murder of Christians. Uh, Peter attempted murder when he cut the guard's ear off in the garden. Moses murdered a guard. All great men who did great things for God. But those things didn't disqualify them from moving forward. But what they had to do was they had to stop beating themselves up over those things and they had to move on. And they had to move forward. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Isn't it great to know that no matter what people's done in their lives, that they can be forgiven? Because Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for the sins of you and I. He took all those things on himself that we might have salvation through him. You know, in closing, I go back in my mind and I, I think of a a story of, must have been my second year coaching track, and there's a young man, and he was a hurdler, and uh, he's a good hurdler. He was peaking right at the right time. We were in the district finals. It goes districts, regional, state, semifinals, finals, top four qualified to the next round in, in the finals. And I really felt he had a great shot at winning districts, and I thought, he's got a shot at maybe making state. And if you know anything about the hurdles, he ran the 110 meter and the 300 hurdles. I always say the 110 meter hurdles are the most unpredictable race in track and field. Anything can happen. You can hit a hurdle and it totally knock you out of your rhythm. Your steps can be off. Uh, you can have, your launch point can be off and you can be in the air too long. There's so many things that can happen in hurdles. It's unpredictable. And as the race began, he, he hits a hurdle, and then he hits a second hurdle, and it totally knocked his steps off, and he didn't qualify. And he was so upset at himself. He was so mad at himself. And I gave him a minute to cool down, and then I went over and I talked to him. And I said to him, I said, you have another chance. You have another chance. He had the 300 uh, race coming up. I said, you have another chance, but I said, you have got to shift your focus on what, from what has happened to what's next. You've got to focus on that. All your focus has to be on the next race. It can't be on the past. It's got to be focused on the future. And I knew when he got into the blocks of the 300 that his mind still wasn't there. He was still so mad at himself, and he didn't qualify. Years later, I saw him in a restaurant, him and his wife, and we had a great conversation and a lot of laughs, and as I walked away, he grabbed me by the arm, and he says, I want to tell you something, coach, you were right. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I should have listened to you. He said, I should have listened to you. I, I should have focused on the next race. I could have won. And you know, when you think about that in our lives, so many times in our lives, we're beating ourselves up over 
something that happened in the past. And because of that, we're missing the victory that's right around the corner. Oh, there's a victory waiting. It's just waiting. All we have to do is to put our energy, to put our focus on the future, on what's coming next. But instead, we're, we're looking at the past, and that victory just passes us by because we're beating ourselves up over the past. The past is gone. But the future, the future's yet, yet to be written. Don't let those past mistakes affect your future victories. Let's pray. Nearly Father God, Lord, we, we thank you for the example of Paul and his life, God. Oh, his life changed so much when he met you. His life was never the same. It was never the same. Lord, and you allowed him to write in book of Romans those wonderful words that, Lord, really give us the insight of what it means to be saved. Lord, we know that we're all sinners, God. We all fall short of your glory. There's nothing that we can do in our own power to ever make up for that. God, we know that the penalty of our sin is to separate us from you for all eternity. But God, as Paul penned in Romans 10, 13, that if we call upon your name, that we will be saved. Lord, we're so thankful that salvation is such a simple thing, Lord. We're so thankful that all we have to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that you are Lord and Savior, and we will be saved. God, if there's someone here today who's never accepted you, I pray that they ask you now to be their Lord and Savior. I pray that they ask you to come in to their heart and to save them for all of eternity they may have heaven as their home one day. Lord, we'll give you the praise for that in your precious name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, 
I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get it our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.